This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, August the 4th, and we got baseball for a night. How about that as the Phillies... Of course, lose to the Yankees 6-3 to last night. Off tonight, as tonight's game has already been rained out with the hurricane. Rain's coming through the area here and in New York. And then tomorrow, the Phillies and Yankees will play a doubleheader in Philadelphia, where uh, a unique one, you could say, as the first game of the doubleheader, the New York Yankees will be the home team in Philadelphia. And the Phillies will be the home team in game two and then they'll finish out the series on Thursday Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nolo pitch those two games for the Phillies which means maybe we won't have to see the bullpen too much wouldn't that be something is certainly saw enough of the pen last night let's dive into last night so much to get into between last night what's going on around baseball all that stuff let's start with last night as look we got to see the Phillies play a game that was kind of fun right (laughs) that was uh, something um, look, it was a game that we all went into thinking the Phillies were going to lose. It is a massive, massive disadvantage to play a team that's been rolling along after having a week plus off. Like, it's just as big a disadvantage as you could have in this particular sport, a sport that's about timing, a sport that's about ramping your body up to a certain level, about habit, routine, all those types of things. And um, you know, this Phillies team is going in cold against the best team in baseball, recognized and the Yankees now 8-1, um, just on a roll, and you're going up against one of the best pitchers in baseball. Honestly, I'm shocked the Phillies didn't lose by more. <laughs> so, and, and, and a couple moments go a different way. Maybe it's a different outcome. Probably not. Look, again, it is a massive, just a, a huge disadvantage for the Phillies to play that game last night and now a day off and then two tomorrow. We'll see how they rebound against, again, the best team in baseball. The Yankees sitting at 8-1. and one. So not ideal. The Phillies at 1-3. and three. I guess uh, Aaron Judge not homering last night. Is that something that we can uh, take and write home about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're at yet this baseball season. Uh, certainly not going to write home about the bullpen. We'll get to that. Let's start out with Arietta who... Um, gave up three runs in five innings of work. Um, five innings, three earned, seven hits, four strikeouts, no walks, which is nice to see. Um, <laughs> didn't start out well as the very first batter for the Yankees of the game, DJ LeMahieu, opposite field home run to start the game against the Phillies. They were down early, but then 
And they clawed back Jay Bruce, a monster home run to tie it at 1-1, but then uh, it all really unfortunately fell apart there for the Phillies in the third as they score the one in the top of the third to tie it at at 1-1, and then the bottom of the third just goes haywire uh, in a weird, frustrating way as the Phillies would be down 3-1 at the end of the inning. It started with a Brett Gardner home run. Um, That should have been it. It should have been 2-1, but then... A uh, Aaron Hicks, uh, uh, excuse me, a Aaron Judge, a uh, two-out grounder down the line. Gene Segura should have had it, should have had it. Bounces off his glove. Um, really, a, a play that he should have made. It is what it is. I know he's somewhat new to third base and all that, but that was, and he's done a good job other than that play. But absolutely, a player third baseman has to make. Instead, it goes in the left field. Judge at second base and. As expected, you knew it would come back to bite them as Aaron Hicks, the next batter, doubles to left center field, and Judge comes around to score. Uh, it was really like a, it would have been a single if there weren't a runner on base, but it was. It could have been a legged out double, but um, you know, kind of a soft little gapper, so to speak, pseudo gapper, as they were able to catch up to it before, you know, get the wall, obviously, and all that. But um, scores a run, and then, and then uh, it just kind of. Took the air out of the Phillies' sails a little bit. Uh, Phillies would ultimately end up losing 6-3. to uh, Dealers Guerra gives up three in the sixth, and the Phillies claw back for a couple, but can't finish out. Uh, on the whole, I actually thought, <laughs> probably an unpopular opinion, I thought Arietta pitched pretty well. Um, a couple mistakes, uh, but on the whole, as far as for it being Jake Arietta, I-, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Got some big double play balls when needed early in the game especially a couple double plays in the first couple innings that were much needed. Um, the four strikeouts, you know, a couple, uh, one of them looking, like had had the stuff working a little bit. Uh, a lot of movement, again, that the, the sinker was hard. It was being grounded out in important situations. Just those couple homers and then the, the quote-unquote double down the line that, that should have been had by Gene was really... What did him in? So not a great outing from Arietta, but I, I actually thought, considering the situation, Jake Arietta pitching for the first time since August 11th of last year, so almost an entire year since Jake Arietta took the mound in a meaningful game for the Philadelphia Phillies and um, against the best team in baseball, actually, I, I, again, I, I thought Arietta was was fine. You know, I thought he was okay. I thought he kept him in the game again. I think without that that misplay by Segura, he only gives up two runs. And granted, you don't want to give up two home runs, but um, five innings, two runs, just sounds a lot better than five innings, three runs. And I actually think he could have gone more. It looked like he wanted to keep going, but Girardi wanted to play it safe, 78 pitches in. Uh, Arietta, again, first starting over almost a year. You know, he wanted to play it safe. Um, so on the whole, I thought Arietta w- was fine. Uh, you know, the issue is uh, is after Arietta and after every starter, that's that's going to be the issue. This bullpen sucks. <laughs> Let's just be real about it. Now, granted, only one pitcher in the pen sucked last night. The O's Guerra, Adam Morgan comes in, gets an out. Tommy Hunter and Jose Alvarez both had clean, easy innings. Alvarez gave up a walk, but but two strikeouts, no problem. But Dios Guerra, two thirds of an inning, a hit, three runs, three earned, one walk, just uh, giving up that big home run, which is ultimately what. Did him in a three-run shot to Gio Urshela, who just uh, got a hold of one. And uh, and that was all she wrote. That really just put the game away. Guerra was horrific. I mean, just a horrible outing for Guerra as he uh, came in, 
didn't seem to have much control over his pitches. Um, prior to the Urshela home run, that, that bat prior to that, uh, Ford gave a, a long shot to the warning shot, too. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just they weren't able to get it going. Um, and uh, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as the bullpen, look, we came into this season expecting the bullpen to be a major issue for this Phillies team. And guess what? The bullpen is a major issue for this Phillies team. I mean, facts. You know, it just is what it is. Here's some uh, here's some interesting stuff. Uh, Johnny Heller, who if you don't follow Johnny on Twitter, he's great at Johnny Heller on Twitter. Always good for some great Phillies nuggets. A uh, couple, couple good ones on the bullpen last night. Uh, he went through and said, bullpens that have not allowed, and this was in the Phillies are at 12.2 innings, uh, so before I think Alvarez's inning. Uh, but he said, Boltmans that haven't allowed 11 earned runs in 2020. The Houston Astros in 46 and two-thirds innings. The A's in 40 and a third. The Dodgers in 45 and two-thirds. The Indians in 25. The Nationals in 24. The Cardinals in 18 and a third. The Phillies bullpen, at the time he tweeted this, had allowed 11 runs in just 12 and two-thirds innings. Ugh, it's so bad. It's so frustrating. Johnny also tweeted out the bullpen as a, uh, and this was prior to Alvarez's inning, but the bullpen now has a 8.03 ERA and a 1.784 whip at the time. Um, obviously got a little better with the clean inning, but man, man, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk coming into this season the bullpen would be an issue and the bullpen would turn out to be an issue? Wow, what a shock. Um, look, it's a bad bullpen, and... It's one of those things where you go into a season and, and you look at a team and how it's constructed and how many times do we talk about how the offense should be pretty good and granted it's not been great yet, but but we're four games in. The starting pitching would, would do enough, I thought. Like, they'd be fine. Not great, but fine. But the bullpen was going to be the issue. The bullpen we knew was going to be the issue, and the bullpen turned out to be the issue uh, yet again. And has been an issue through four games. And uh, look, I think it's it's tough. You see Girardi trying to to figure out how, who to roll out there, and and it seems like the six innings, the kryptonite. You know, once you get to the seventh, he feels good about Hunter and Alvarez and those guys in there, and Adam Morgan. But that sixth inning, we saw Rosso gets beat up on opening day. We saw Deolis Guerra last night get beat up in that spot. We've seen Reggie McLean in that spot. It's just been a, a tough transfer. Those guys to get it to the back end have been completely and totally unable. To get the job done, and that is uh, it's a big issue. And, and, and again, not surprising. When we looked how this bullpen was constructed, we said, oh, not good. This is a bad bullpen. And, and look, I think Matt Klintag deserves a lot of blame for that, and John Middleton too. I mean, the fact that they I – mean, you look at the list of guys, and, and Francisco Liriano was here, and because of money reasons, we believe because of money reasons is not here. And Francisco Liriano, absolutely better than a fair amount of the guys we've seen in our games for the Phillies so far. But, you know, take him back to the offseason. You look at guys like Dellen Matances for $10 million to the Mets, a one-year deal. Blake Trinan, a one-year deal to the Dodgers for $10 million. Like, <laughs> you have to sign those type of guys. You have to. Do you want to compete or not? Is this a serious team or not? Look, I get it. You know, I understand that that you don't want to go over the luxury tax. I get it. I get it. I'm there. I've I've I've, I've lived this. We get it. But if you also can't not go over the luxury tax and claim you want to be a big boy, you can't say I'm going to be a big boy. 
I'm going to be the Yankees of the South. I'm going to do what it takes to bring the bleeping trophy back to Philadelphia and then not do what it takes to bring the trophy back to Philadelphia. And I also get it that this team isn't good enough to, in their mind, go all in on. I, I understand that rationale, that philosophy, but there's a difference between like going all in and going slightly over the luxury tax to sign relievers that you need for your team. Like go into that first realm of the luxury tax and I know it gets more punitive and all that but we still don't know that they're ever going over it like I believe they will if if the right team in the right situation presents itself but I certainly don't love that they're this shy about going over it to begin with that's that's incredibly frustrating especially when you look at guys like Dios Garris and Guerra and and Reggie McLean and all these guys coming out of the pen who just have no chance right now and maybe there's some nice young arms maybe there's some talent there like I do like Ramon Rosso's arm but I don't trust these guys to come into games right now. Certainly not meaningful games. Certainly not close games. And poor Joe Girardi's got to figure out how to get those guys in there and get outs. And it's not been going well for him. And look, I don't. I think you can criticize Girardi a little bit for the decisions. I thought bringing in Rosso, who I like, but in game one, in that spot, the sixth inning, the first reliever out of the pen, in a spot where you needed outs, it was a three-one game, a close game. I I'd a, I didn't love that call. I would have gone with someone more experienced, someone who was not their major league debut. And then last night, same thing with going to Guerra there. Like, I would have gone to someone you could trust more. I would have gone to someone you could trust more. I would have gone to Hunter there. I would have gone to Alvarez there. I would have gone to someone who's a real guy for me. And I know that you're you're later in the game, guys, but it's 3-1 to at that moment. You're in New York. You know that you have not played baseball in over a week. And you know that, guess what? You're not playing tomorrow either. You don't have to worry about resting your guys or whatever. Get outs. Get out. Use your best guys there. Stay in that game. If you have an opportunity to steal a game from the Yankees, you have to steal it, especially when you know you have an off day the next day. And I know you have a doubleheader the day after that and then a long stretch of baseball and Luskins rained out and all that. I get it. I, look, I'm not killing Girardi for it because I do understand the reality of the situation, especially for this Phillies team where the schedule is who knows what and you could be playing all kinds of doubleheaders and you're going to be burning arms and all that. I get it. I do. But at the same time, like, I feel like in a season, especially now knowing that we're, we're only going to play at best 56 games, 57, if we could play a bunch of doubleheaders and make up games and all that, like, more likely they'll play 52, 53, 54, somewhere in that range. These games matter even more. Every single one is amplified that much more than it already was. We talked about how amplified those games were. Now they're even more amplified. Like, it's even more important to win each one of them. And I just... In the first four games, I have not sensed that urgency from the team or from Girardi. Legitimately, I have not sensed that feeling of, oh, man, we got to win these games. And again, I get it. Last night, I went in thinking they were going to lose. It's a massive disadvantage. I thought they had no real chance to win the game. But when you're down 3-1 in the sixth inning and you and you have a chance, like you do have a chance, you're going to get past Garrett Cole there. You're going to get a chance to go up against that pen. We saw that the Phillies were able to claw a couple runs off that pen. Should have had more. Second and third, one out in the seventh or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, in the seventh, that was frustrating. You know, not really able to get those runners around in the eighth. Opportunities yet again, unable to really capitalize more than a run. But they they clawed back a little bit. And maybe if you're not down 6-1, you're even more invested in clawing back in. I just think it was the wrong guy in the wrong spot. And I think that, and again, look, I'm not, it's not like Girardi has a ton of options. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's not like Girardi can just pick whoever the hell he wants to go, but I would have gone with someone I trust a little more. Someone who I felt had a real chance to get me those outs in that spot there and certainly would have removed Guerra a little quicker. I, I 
when it was first and second no out, it felt like they were going to remove him quicker. I know he had the three batter rule, but he got that out. It's like, all right, get him out. Don't let him face Urshela. I, I know you want to build some confidence on it, but I, I, I probably would have made a move there. Girardi didn't. It is what it is. I, I certainly don't think last night's loss is on Girardi, but it wasn't ideal. And look, the offense needs to do better, too. Going up against Garrett Cole, I know, but three runs, you know, is, is not going to be enough. You know, just uh, Romuto, the only player with two hits. You know, Segura had an RBI hit, which was nice to see. The Jay Bruce home run was nice to see. Um, Adam Hazley had one really terrific at bat. Fallon bows off a ten ball at bat and a ten uh, pitch at bat ended up getting on base later in the game. That was nice to see, but on the whole, you still need to see more from this offense. I mean, McCutcheon one for five, and the one was a a infield hit that he got a little lucky on. Hoskins over for four. Harper one for four. Didi one for four. I mean. No runs for any of those guys. No RBI for any of those guys. That's not going to get it done. You know, you need more from that those guys, especially in a big spot where, you know, you know you're going up against the best pitcher in baseball. You really need to show up a little more. So a disappointment all around. I think more than anything, the bullpen is the glaring issue coming out of that game. And, and maybe that's also because we expected it to be the glaring issue going into the season. But it certainly was the glaring issue last night as the Phillies now fall to one and three, uh, the Braves lost last night, which was nice. 7-4. Braves actually a, a bigger loss than just lost last night. Uh, and obviously, you know, you don't want to see anyone get injured. Uh, it's a bummer. Mike Soroka, one of the great young pitchers in the game, really had an amazing rookie year last year. Uh, torn Achilles out for you. That is a massive blow. One of Atlanta's best pitchers. Maybe their best pitcher. Like, he's right there for them. Um, look, uh, you know, it's it's... You know, you don't want to say, oh, yay for the Phillies, but it, it is good. It helps the Phillies. It helps the NLEs, but it's a bummer because um, young kid, ton of talent, Achilles tear is, is never fun. That's never cool. But um, he does go down. Uh, Braves lose. They're down to 7-4. and four. Uh, And then <laughs> it's a thing, even at 1-3, and three, the, the division's wide open. <laughs> division's wide open as the Nats are 3-4, and four, the Phillies 1-3, and three, and the Mets 4-7. and seven. So division wide open. Um, the Cubs at eight and two, and the Rockies at seven and two. The two best records in the National League. Didn't see that coming. They've been playing good baseball. The Dodgers seven and four, along with the Padres, right behind them. But the Rockies playing good baseball. As I said, remember, someone's going to make the playoffs because of a hot start, and it's going to be unexpected. And it looks like the Rockies could be could be that type of team. We'll see. Um, but right now, the Phillies need to start winning some baseball games. Again, they will not play tonight, so you know we can't. Um, can't win tonight. Uh, I guess by not playing, you win a little. You don't lose uh, in a percentage-based world. That's something. Um, but we will see uh, on Wednesday the Phillies back in action. Uh, Nolan Wheeler, you gotta feel good about their opportunities, and that we'll preview those games tomorrow. More tomorrow, obviously. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you feel good with your opportunities with those two guys on the hill in any day. And then two seven-inning games. The first experience for us Phillies fans with the seven-inning double headers. Um, it should be neat. And look, again, I don't love the rule as a baseball fan. I, you know, I think it's kind of cheap and it doesn't feel like baseball in the same way. But specifically, if we're just looking at how does this affect teams, the Phillies, by far, one of the teams that, that benefits from this the most. Not just because they have to play a bunch of doubleheaders, but as we know, as we just spent a bunch of time talking about, the bullpen sucks. So any opportunity you can get to get more out of your starters and less out of your bullpen and uh, you know, get six from Nola, six from Wheeler, and hand it to Hector. You know, okay, okay. And I don't know. I don't think Hector would pitch in both ends of a doubleheader, but you know what I mean. Like that's the kind of thing we need to see. Um, you set me. How about this? Six from Nola and hand it to Hector. Seven from Wheeler, and we're done. Let's do that. You know, um, but it, it'll be fun to watch a, uh, a doubleheader, a seven inning one, or, or whatever. We'll take it. The Phillies back in action on Wednesday. Need a win. Got to win at least one or two. Preferably find a way to win two and get back to 500. But 
you know, the Yankees are good, so I'm not expecting that. All right, quickly, before we get out of here, um, just looking around baseball, uh, the Cardinals, it looks like more people have tested positive. I think it's up to seven players and six staffers, somewhere in that range. Not great. Uh, the Cardinals, you would think, would be on the shelf for a little bit. And then um, Marlins news yesterday, as, as Derek Jeter uh, comes out and defending his guys, um, Jeter with some ridiculous comments, at least in my opinion. Jeter said, uh, quote, unquote, guys were around each other. They got relaxed and they let their guard down. They were getting together in groups. They weren't wearing masks as they should have. They weren't social distancing. Quote, unquote, our guys were not running all around town in Atlanta. We did have a couple of individuals leave the hotel. We had guys leave to get milk, coffee, and to get clothes. Okay, milk. Weird. He said a guy uh, left to have dinner at a teammate's house. There were no other guests on site. There was no salacious activity. There's no hanging out bars, no clubs, no running around Atlanta. Uh, okay, Derek. No one believes you. <laughs> Just be real. No one believes you. And whatever. I understand that you're going to defend your players and you don't want to get in trouble for not running a tight ship and all that type of stuff. But we all know. I mean, it's been reported. We know what happened. And to that point, um, I said yesterday, uh, you know, Joe Girardi and other Phillies players have been hesitant to, you know, call out the Marlins for ruining a week of their season. Uh, I was happy to hear that there was a Philly who did. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon on Jason Stark's podcast, Jason Stark and Doug Glanville, Jason Stark, the best, as far as I'm concerned, at writing about baseball and talking about baseball. He's the man. Um, McCutcheon said this on their podcast, and and look, I get it. You don't want to call other players, and you don't know if, like, you know, what if someone, on, uh, a great point I heard Al Morgani make on the morning show is that, like, what if, what if someone on your team does the same thing and there's an outbreak on your club, then you don't want people blaming you for something someone else on your team did or whatever. Um, but McCutcheon, finally, uh, a player on the Phillies speaking out, says, quote-unquote, I was upset at everything that transpired through that. Whoever decided to step out or not necessarily follow health and safety protocol, that upset me. What made me angry was that we, as the Phillies, we were the ones that ended up having to pay for that. We followed all of the health and safety protocols. We knew that was important. We understood that's what we needed to do to be able to play this game. And we did everything right. And we paid for it. And so for me, that was upsetting. I'm sitting in here at home watching 27, 28 to 26, 7 to 26 other teams play. And we're sitting at home. All testing negative, by the way. And we have to watch this happen while we did nothing wrong. So for me, that was very upsetting. It was very upsetting that we did everything right and we were still the ones who had, pay, who had to pay for it. Yes, Andrew. Yes, Andrew. So with you, buddy. Uh, look, that's how I would feel too. I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. The Marlins were careless. And as a result, the Phillies didn't play baseball for a week. Boom. Ipso facto. <laughs> One begets the other. That's it. And... I can understand, you know, you don't want to rip other players, rip other teams, whatever, but, like, call it like you see it. And I appreciate that from Andrew McCutcheon. I'm mad at the Marlins. I am. I'm furious at the Marlins. I hate the Marlins more than I hate any other team in baseball. Sorry. Facts. You guys helped to ruin my season, or at least a week of it. And, and look, again, to the thing we talked about at the top of the show, put the Phillies in a massive competitive disadvantage. That week off isn't just a, oh, we don't get to watch baseball for a week. It's a, oh, they're not ready to come back and play a team like the Yankees because their timing isn't on. Their habit isn't on. They're not ready to roll into that situation and, and play with a team like that. And now you have to ramp back up and get back to it while, oh, by the way, playing a bunch of doubleheaders along the way to catch up to, to the game, as many games as you can get in. 
it's a massive disadvantage. The Phillies' chances to make the playoffs were hurt significantly by this situation. Facts, period. End of story. That's what it is. So if you're not mad at the Marlins, I don't get it because I am. I'm not, and again, I don't, I'm not mad at people for being sick. I'm mad at them for being careless and allowing that to happen. And look, if Derek Jeter is not wrong, and if, and he did say they were not social distancing, they were not wearing masks, so already they are, they're in the wrong as far as being baseball players and having responsibility. But regardless, even if they weren't going out to clubs and bars and all that, they still bear responsibility for not taking this seriously enough. And the result is the Phillies got screwed out of a week of baseball and now have to play catch-up. And that is a massive, massive disadvantage, and it's a bummer. So I'm with you, Andrew. Mad at the Marlins is what it is. All right. No baseball tonight. Not for the Phillies, anyway. Other teams will be playing, but we get a night off. Uh, just what we wanted, right? Another night off. Look, tomorrow, doubleheader. We'll dive into that tomorrow. We'll, we'll break down the matchups. Um, Phillies need them. They need to win at least one. I mean, you can't be 1-5 to start the season. It's just uh, when you're only going to play 55 games or whatever, 1-5 is a massive, massive disadvantage to start. So the Phillies need to get on their horse. They need to win one tomorrow. We'll dive into all of it. We'll break down the games and whatever else is going around uh, on around baseball as well tomorrow. So until then... Stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.